Hello and welcome to another Big Lunch podcast, the podcast that wants to inspire the nation to bring people together for some food and a chat. This podcast was recorded prior to the current advice on social distancing, but the UK's annual Thanksgiving weekend for neighbours and communities will still take place on the 6th and 7th of June in the form of the Big Virtual Lunch, so please visit thebiglunch.com to find out more. I'm Eris James and today at my own tiny little gathering I've got writer Gemma Stiles and psychotherapist Lucy Beresford. Thank you to you both for coming along for a get-together. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Nice to meet you, Gemma. So, um, I'm aware, Gemma, that uh, you're a big fan of cheese. Oh, I am. So, oh, is that right? That's why we've got cheese. Boss. Yeah. That's the plate of cheese on the table. That's all my doing. <laughs> so, I've got, I've, got a very, I've got a small selection of cheese for you. Is that... Um, wh- wh- why... Why are you such a cheese fiend, do you if know I can what? ask? I wish I didn't love it so much, but I just do. <laughs> There's no bad cheese really? in my book. Okay. Now, the thing with the Big Lunch is that we were talking, actually, before we started recording. You've joined a, a gym that's much smaller than a normal gym, so now you're talking to people as you're working out. Yeah, I've been going to uh, to these classes every week, and because I've been going trying to go at the same time I keep seeing the same people so I've actually met more people in my local area than I have done in sort of the two years that I've lived around there because I've actually found a kind of avenue to go and meet people rather than staying in my house working on my laptop and do you think that will incentivize you to go to that particular gym more often yeah definitely Mm. I've, I've really enjoyed it actually more than I thought I would do. I'd consider myself like a fairly introverted person. Not in the way that I don't like talking to people, but just I'm quite happy in my own company. The thing with introverts, this really um this really clarified how I think I am is that extroverts energize themselves and recharge by being with people, whereas introverts recharge by having time alone. And I would say I'm, I can be quite gregarious. But at a wedding, if I was at a wedding for like 12 hours, mm-hmm. I will go to the toilet for 20 minutes because I cannot maintain that for 12 hours no you're probably like me you're probably an extroverted introvert right okay which I didn't know existed until very recently I thought Mm. you were either wow like how I imagine I don't know sort of Elton John is or something or Anton Decker or I assumed you were like JD Salinger and you were in a sort of a recluse a recluse in a bunker never want to talk to anyone he's not going to be hosting a big lunch anytime soon (laughs) what JD Salinger no (laughs) I think I'm much the same like I'll I'll enjoy being with people but then you know if you're with a big group of people for an extended period of time I need a day, a couple of days, just by myself, just to yeah. recharge from yeah. it all. And people who aren't like that can't understand it. Mm. So they think, come on, this is brilliant, and I accept that it's yes, brilliant. Yes, they think you're either being very antisocial or or they just think you're being rude. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a very strange phenomenon. An extroverted introvert, great, finally. There's a room for us. Now you've got a label. <laughs> yes, I have a label. I'm 39 years of age and I've finally been labelled. This is brilliant, right. Okay, well... Um, we are talking uh, about the big lunch because people in the UK check their phone on average four times during a face-to-face conversation and younger people sadly are worse uh, than their older counterparts because 18 to 34-year-olds check their phones 12 times on average. So Gemma, I'm going to ask you the question, are you guilty of this yourself? I think I try not to be, but probably, yeah, at some point. I think... It's difficult as well because 
so much of the conversation that we do have is kind of text messages, WhatsApp. So when you start talking to someone face-to-face and having a conversation, you can kind of, without meaning to be, be neglecting another conversation. I yeah. think that's what it feels like, maybe. So if you've been texting feels more someone... Important. Oh, I see. So yeah. if you're already texting someone or WhatsApping them, or you're part of a group chat... And now you're having a conversation with a real person in real life in front of you. Your sense is that somehow I am, I've abandoned these other people. Yeah, I think maybe that's part of what it is. I don't think it's necessarily that, well, sometimes. I don't think it's always the case that we're not, we're kind of not wanting to be present in a conversation. But I know I'll kind of be glancing at my phone if I can see that someone's just texted me and I was part partway through a conversation and I think oh well they'll think I'm ignoring them now so I need to carry on that conversation but also you don't want to be rude to the person you're in a room with it's very difficult does um does it bother you if we were having a conversation and I was checking my phone would that annoy you uh I don't think it would annoy me I think I'd probably be quite understanding if you kind of glanced down if you were constantly on your phone and kind of not really making eye contact then you start to think okay well you know like if I need to be looking at my phone for something for a minute I'll say sorry, just excuse me one second and kind yeah. of not not at least pretend that I'm giving you my full con- full attention. Yeah. I would definitely stop talking. If you and I were in a conversation, and believe me, I've done this with my husband enough times, I just stop talking. And then it makes it so obvious that they are the ones that are disrupting the flow of communication. Yes. And then they'll say, no, 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 I was listening, I was listening. And you're like, but that's not kind of the point. The point is I'm kind of wanting to be having a 360 degree conversation with you. Have you ever had people try and justify it and say, well, I can listen to you on text at the same time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can multitask or really annoyingly, and this is my big pet hate at the moment, is people who, when you're having a conversation and a a bone of contention comes up, like, you know, the date of the the name of the most recent James Bond film or something. And they'll be like, oh, I can get out my phone and I can check it. But you know then, because what you then see is that they don't then go straight to Google to check oh. that fact. They first have to go through their Twitter feed or their emails. Facebook, to quick, Instagram, Twitter. Just quickly check that. And, and it's just such a fallacy that, you know, they're obviously just um, needing. I mean, from a psychological term, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's almost like a security blanket that we have this gadget in our hands. They have been designed to be very addictive. These little noises that they make, the pings, the little whistles that they make every time somebody either sends you a tweet or likes your Instagram post, whatever it might be, that then sets up a dopamine hit in your brain to remind you that you're liked, you're loved, you're valued, you're seen. And we're so desperate for that, for that affirmation, that we have come to rely on our phones. So this idea that if you were to go somewhere say at the theatre and they say, please, can you switch off your phones now? You can almost sense the frisson of people panicking. I'm going to be without my phone for over an hour. And then during the interval. (laughs) Yes, and I think nowadays they have to have that second message that says, you know, if you have switched your phone on during the interval, please remember to switch it back off again. Do they really? I was there last night at um, one of the theatres I was at. uh, Been two nights running and went last night and, uh, and they did that very thing. Don't forget to switch your phone back off. Yeah. So bearing in mind, Gemma, we're so obsessed with our phones. Have you got any tips on people who are habitual phone checkers and how maybe they can break the habit? I think what I try and do, at least, is try and manage my kind of notifications and stuff like that. So if 
you know, you, you're probably going to need most of your text messages coming through, maybe email and stuff like that. But if you've got more things that are maybe coming through on social media and you, you're trying to avoid the constant checking. So if you disable those notifications and it doesn't kind of pop up and tell you every time someone likes something, then you can just go on and check it later rather than having to see each individual action come through, which is probably what you were saying about that kind of dopamine hit, isn't it? Like exactly. Every time you get the thing through. I mean, I've worked as a psychotherapist with a lot of people who are in the public eye or they've got you know, a very visible profile. And one of the hardest things for them is to manage their own social media. In fact, it's much better if they have someone else who does it because it's too seductive to be getting caught up in that, you know, how many likes have I got? How many comments have, have, has my post garnered? Um, and I think Gemma's right. You do still have to stay connected, particularly if, you, if you're freelance or if you're self-employed, working from home, having access to your emails. But there has to be uh, a protocol whereby you don't have access to all that information the whole time. My phone, I've got the screen time app and it tells me how long I've been on my phone every oh, day. Oh, the bane of my life. Terrifying. And also, I just think, I don't know, I didn't have a smartphone until t- 10 years ago or whatever it was. I think, what was I, what was I doing <laughs> before? What, what was I doing when I was 20? I must have been, I suppose, reading books and watching television. Oh, which has dream. Yeah, but that has to be more culturally edifying. My problem now is, I think, through Twitter. sorry to interrupt, I think, like you say, you used to be doing other things. I find it so hard to concentrate on doing any one thing now at the moment. I'm on my phone so much. So mm. even if I am watching TV or, you know, working through a box out or something, I'm still on my phone at the same time. It has to be a really gripping program to manage to make me not yeah. also on my phone at the same time. Yeah. It's a terrible habit. Uh, that I'm finding really hard to not do. It's kind of developing the shorter and shorter attention spans and therefore having, again, having that protocol where you switch your phone off maybe between 8 and 8, at the 8 o'clock at night until 8 o'clock the following morning is a really good discipline to get into at least a couple of nights a week, if not every night. The other day, I was watching much of the day and I thought, why am I enjoying this so much? And I realised because my phone was in my bedroom and so I was watching it and not, I don't know, Googling players' ages or working out which clubs they'd been at in the past, which is the kind of stuff I will absentmindedly do if I'm watching a football match. I think, you can't have started at Southampton. But that's not a, you're not completely engaged in the game then. And it was just because my, my phone happened to be in my bedroom, I realised that I was enjoying something I've watched my entire life far more than I have done for the last <laughs> 10 years. Enjoying the quality match of the day content. Absolutely. As intended. Yes. I'm not trying to provide my own content by sort of live tweeting it. but Supplementary. Um, well, with the way social media works, it can be easy to, to get caught up not only in our own social media lives, but those of others. So do, th- do you think we need to sort of separate social media from reality? Will that help us, do you think? I think so. I think bearing in mind the difference between the two is always really important to do. I think depending on kind of who you're following there's definitely more of a push at the moment I would say for people to be a lot more real on social media and kind of share things that aren't necessarily the glossiest and you know but five years ago on Instagram you didn't see any of the kind of stuff you see now where people are talking a lot more about 
mental health or people will take their kind of pictures with no makeup and their spot cream on on their Instagram stories and all that kind of thing. Um, I think people are making it more real. But with the best of that, it's still not reality. And I think that's what we need to kind of just remind ourselves on a regular basis. As much as someone shows you of their life, it's still not their whole life. And it's not your life either. Just because you're watching other people so much all the time, I think it can be quite hard to separate that from the reality of your own life day to day as well. Yeah. And, you know, even the most authentic Instagram posts are not an authentic depiction of what someone's life is like, Lucy. Would you, would you agree? I think that's right. I mean, that what we always have to recognise about social media is that it's a curated experience. So, as Gemma said, there are there has been a lot of really good stuff out there promoting well-being and wellness, encouraging people to be open and honest, particularly about their mental health. Just because you've seen it on Instagram in a funny way doesn't mean that it's true because even though you get maybe, you know, 500,000 likes to something. What does that actually mean? That doesn't mean that these people have your best interests at heart. They wouldn't know you necessarily if they passed you in the street. And to be able to be authentic, it's probably more about having a real-to-real connection with somebody in real life. I will always come back and say I think there is a lot of positive to social media as much as it gets a bad rap. And a lot of the connections people make and, you know, people's audiences, people commenting, it is it is trying at least to form, you know, genuine connections. And I don't I don't think there's a kind of lack of authenticity there. But it's not a substitute all the time. And when you do get people coming on and, you know, trolling people for things that are just unimaginable to us, kind yeah. of it you realise how much of a barrier a lot of people still have between who they are on their phone and who they are talking to someone. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you about a very interesting piece of research that the Big Lunch conducted, and they found 80% of people agree that we forge a more genuine connection with someone when it's face-to-face. So, Lucy, we all agree that it's great to connect in person, but if perhaps, because we've forgotten how, because of the pressures and, you know, the way that we live sort of in in the modern world, what are some things we can do that can spark up that kind of face-to-face conversation again? Well, first of all, I think you have to develop a protocol around your own phone, around your own tech, so that you're not on it as much. And that, that is your responsibility. But I sometimes think that it's... We, we see a lot of research about how nervous people are about talking to strangers or talking to their neighbours. But I just think if you can have the courage to recognise that most people are nervous and most people are anxious, but they would really welcome human connection. You could be the change that you want to see. You could be the person that strikes up a conversation with somebody at the bus stop or you're sitting next to an elderly person on the bus. I've done it myself. I've I've sat next to an elderly lady and she was wearing a lovely colour coat and I said, gosh, a really lovely colour coat. And suddenly it's just like two women chatting um, I've never seen her again. She, she's never seen me again. But in that moment, we had that really lovely encounter. So I think it's about remembering that you're not the only one who's a bit nervous about this and taking that leap of faith anyway. What do you like to do to connect with people in the real world, Gemma? Um, I think kind of going back to basics and doing something like going for a walk with people is kind of, I think, being in motion 
is sometimes a good idea for getting off your phone because I can't I can't really be on my phone too much <laughs> while I'm walking down the street because I will trip over. So sometimes actually physically causing a barrier to being on your phone, whether consciously or subconsciously, I think is a good idea. And yeah, I think kind of do the more things that we think of as old school now. So not playing a game on your phone, but play like a board game with people or something where you actually have to sit across I, the table. I played board games yesterday. I played Articulate for the oh. first time in about 20 years and had the time of my life. I thought it was, it was great fun. I love a board game. That's how I spent Valentine's Day this year. We invited a few of our friends around and had games night. Oh, lovely. Valentine's oh, night. that's so cool. And and charades, you know, you don't even need any equipment to play yeah. charades. But just having a an opportunity to just laugh with other people is so... Um, it's so nourishing for your well-being because yeah. we all like to have a laugh and we all like to to feel that we're relaxed with other people. It's a very, very positive thing to do. Well, I've got uh, one more piece of lighter research for us to end on today. The Big Lunch found we are curious as to what scrapes we could be getting ourselves into on our phones. So we asked the nation what their most common texting faux pas were and the top two were being caught up by an embarrassing autocorrect and accidentally uh, putting a kiss to a boss or someone similar, are we brave enough to share our embarrassing texting mishaps? There must have been awful things that happened. Oh, yeah, I mean, putting, putting kisses at the end of emails to the head of, you know, global radio is just, you just don't do it. But at the same time, I do wonder whether that it's now so ubiquitous that most people are thinking, oh, that's just actually quite sweet. But I think in the early days, it, that was just horrific. Yeah. But yeah, autocorrect is the bane of my life. What on earth makes them think that I wanted to say that when I've quite clearly typed in something different? Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a real weakness to autocorrect, I think, because sometimes some of the things it offers me, I think, oh, come on. <laughs> Realistically. Yeah. Mine has randomly started capitalising words recently, yeah, so it yeah. just suddenly looks like I'm shouting a word yes. in the middle of a sentence, which is always <laughs> the worst word in the sentence. Yeah. It can be quite embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great suggestion. I like risotto! <laughs> exactly. Um, the worst thing is when you're... I mean, uh, this has happened to a few friends of mine. It's never happened to me, but when you're texting someone that you um, about how annoying the person you're with is... But then you text the person you're with by mistake because they're the ones you're thinking of. So say you're with Andy and you want to text your friend John that Andy's annoying. I've definitely had that where actually I had had a not particularly helpful experience with a person. And then I sent my husband a message saying, as expected... It, it wasn't actually very... And then I realised that I had actually... Because obviously the last person I was WhatsApping was that person. Oh, my God. And what I did was I rang them immediately and I just said, I'm really sorry, as you can imagine, that wasn't for you. And I'm still friends with them like seven or eight years later, but okay. goodness me, that was the worst moment oh, stomach ever. stomach churning. Yeah. Well, that's quite a happy story in a way. But, yeah, but not at that moment. In no. that moment, I nearly... I just wanted the ground to swallow me up because you can't take it back. In those days, you couldn't kind of delete your WhatsApp message. Well, you can't. You can't delete text messages still, but you can obviously delete a WhatsApp message. And but I always think that deleted WhatsApp messages look worse. I think. Come on, what did you say? Yeah, what yeah, did what you say? Said. Yeah, yeah. If it's bad enough to delete, that must be absolutely <laughs> horrendous. Is that why you no longer text me? I, I, so many things. I'm texted anyone for two years. I've just got it so wrong. <laughs> you scared now? Yeah, yeah. It's all smoke signals. That's what I'm doing, and so I send sort of you know pigeons or that kind of thing. Well, unfortunately, um, our gathering has got to come to an end. Uh, so we've all managed to have our phones away for 25 minutes or so. so I, I think left we've mine done. in the other room. I feel naked now. Oh, 
<laughs> well, now the problem is, this is well, I use my phone to check the time. So again, ever, ever heard of clocks? I mean, I've got a yeah, 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 yeah. See, but, you know, I'm a real watch person. It's, 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 yeah. it's, I'm I'm a watch person. I just for some reason. But if you stop someone in the street and ask them what the time is, they they actually have to kind of get their watch out, their phone out. And I'm thinking, no, no, just go to the watch. But maybe fewer and fewer people are buying watches. I don't know. Tomorrow, myself and Lucy will be catching up with the great British sewing bee's Patrick Grant to talk about connecting with each other through our hobbies. Remember, if you want to find out more about connecting with your community and download posters, invites and ideas to get you started, you can visit thebiglunch.com. Listener.